Hi, I'm Mike Sklens, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, episode 126, How About I Reggie LaDote? We've got three classic segments for you this week. Uh, First up, we're kind of doing a breakdown on the state of the Wii U, and then after that, there's some listener mail, and finally we do a little bit of what we've been playing. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, this segment, I guess probably only segment, of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Uh, today, I'm with Alex Kalafi. Hey, everybody. And Zach Miller. A walking tank. <laughs> there's there's the Metal Gear reference. <laughs> that one I know for sure. Um, and today, we are going to do a little bit of, well, two different things, I suppose. Um, first, we're going to talk about a general topic that we kind of discussed uh, before we started recording. And then after that, we're going to do some listener mail. Um, the first topic of discussion for today um, is about the Wii U. Obviously, it's not doing uh, as great as probably most of us hoped for or maybe expected. Or maybe some of us thought it wouldn't do well at all when it was first announced. I'm not sure. Um, but that's what we're going to talk about, sort of our expect- expectations for the Wii U when it was announced. Uh, kind of building up to launch. And then what has now happened, uh, I guess, about a year and a half in. Um, good and bad, you know, it doesn't have to all be bad. Obviously things are great, but there, there might be some things we expected to happen that did happen. Um, a, a fun Mario game or something. Um, Zach, I, w- I want to start with you because I don't, I'm always curious about what, what you look for in your, in your video games and in your, your video game hardware, apart from just like pretty like anime girls. So <laughs> what, what, did, what did you, what, yeah, dinosaurs and, and anime girls. So like when the Wii U was announced, what were you kind of hoping for, and what did you, what did, what were you expecting to see? Uh, I guess that's hard to say. I I think I was looking for after the um, after the Wii. Jeez, uh, I can't remember that far back, but I remember thinking that okay, this is an on par piece of hardware. Now it's it's not really behind the times, although now it's a little behind the times. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but back then it was it was on par with the 360 and the PS3, and I thought, okay, maybe we'll start getting some like, you know, uh, I, I I don't know, a return to the GameCube games, I guess. Like, you know, Galaxy was great, um, uh, and that was an evolution of of uh, Mario Sunshine in a way. But I was hoping they'd go back to kind of that unique look, um, that unique uh, feel. I was kind of hoping mm-hmm. they'd do something different with Metroid. That they've chosen not to do anything with Metroid. Um, and I was hoping that we'd get some franchises back that we hadn't seen in a while, like F-Zero and Star Fox. And actually, uh, Emily Rogers had a really good article about why Star Fox might never happen again. Um, oh, really? That was depressing. But uh, <laughs> um, she basically said that all the core Star like the Star Fox games that we love the super Nintendo one and the N64 one, um, were, uh, uh, hardware, like new things for the hardware at the time. So that's true. You know, star Fox was the super FX chip with the polygonal graphics and star Fox 64 was the, um, rumble pack rumble pack. Yeah. But ever since there hasn't really been a reason, you know, to, to go back. Uh, but here or there, I'd like to see a new star Fox game. Um, it doesn't have to be some gimmicky game. It can just be a Star Fox game. 
Um, but I, I guess I was hoping for that kind of stuff, like, you know, kind of experimental stuff and a return to franchise we hadn't seen before. And, um, and after the Wii, I'm going to be honest, I was a little sick of Mario. And, yeah. and they don't care. Um, so I guess that's where I'm, I'm coming from. I knew third parties wouldn't hang on. I knew it. I, I mean, I still, you, you, you knew they still wouldn't come back, you know, fool me once, you know, I, it didn't, <laughs> it died on the N64. Um, so I've not expected third parties to latch on to Nintendo ever since the GameCube. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at with it. So I'm not surprised at the direction it's taken, but we'll, we'll get into that later, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Alex, what about you? What were you kind of hoping for with, with the Wii U when it was announced? So I guess this goes way back, uh, and this isn't directly connected to the Wii U, but before the Wii U, I had never been involved, like, I've never been with everyone else at a Nintendo console. Basically, I got my GameCube in 2005, so that was already way late, and I got my, uh, my Wii probably... Never too late for GameCube. (laughs) Well, only now am I learning that, (laughs) the, uh, the power of retroactively going back, and that is certainly a beautiful thing. But my Wii also, I got that a couple years later, and, like, I got my Wii secondhand since there was no way of buying it new at the time, Yeah, and then it had that thing with, like, the dual-layer discs, how those wouldn't work, so, I like, there was, like, a two- or three-year period where I even used my Wii in the very middle, uh, until I couldn't use it at that point, and, like, most of my entire Nintendo fan life was strictly the handhelds and then at the consoles whenever I could get it. So the exciting thing about the Wii U is that now I have some semblance of money. Now I have uh, some ability to buy things online. Now I have the ability to do the things I want as a young adult. So I was excited to finally be able be able to be part of a Nintendo console launch on my own terms for the very first time. That's what I was excited about at the very base level. As for the console... I don't know. I I didn't really have much expectations other than the fact that it was a new Nintendo console. That September presentation that they did right before the Wii U launched. Mm -hmm. Where they showed Monster Hunter. Where they showed uh, Bayonetta 2 for the first time. Where they showed all those launch games. Those all looked really fun. The the original E3 presentation when it was revealed. And Iwata made that crazy Smash Bros. 2 second reveal to get people excited. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff, I didn't really have any professional expectations, if that makes any sense. I was just kind of excited and happy to be with the zeitgeist, or what whatever zeitgeist there is for this Nintendo launch. <laughs> I get it, so you were just excited to be able to get in on the ground floor. I was just excited to be with everyone else. Yeah. What about you, Scott? You know, it's... I was really excited at first. I mean, kind of like what Zach said, like for it to be on par with the other systems mm-hmm. um, that that in HD and everything like that. I thought, okay, this is great. This is that opportunity uh, they've been waiting for to to attract third parties to be able to get these multi platform releases, not just on 360 and PS3, but also on Wii U uh, to be competitive that way. And yeah, for I went in thinking, okay, like the Wii U is going to be the only system I need. Like I mean, I'll I'll probably still get a, a PS4, you know, when that comes out because I like I like so Sony first party titles. But if I can play all third party and Nintendo stuff on my Wii U, that's fantastic. That that's what I want to do, and that's kind of what I thought we were getting. And then 
after that initial announcement, I think eventually like kind of hardware specs started coming out and we started finding out more and more that, oh, like the Wii U, it's not really anything more powerful than a, a PS3 or a 360. That's fine for this next year, yeah. theoretically, but once the Xbox One and the PS4 come out, you're just going to have the same problem where uh, now, now, granted, it would probably be easier to go, I would think, to go from like graphical quality in a PS4 uh, Xbox One game down to Wii U level and PS3 <laughs> 360 level, uh, you know, over what it was to go from like Xbox 360 to Wii, which was a, a huge uh, gap, That's I would cool. imagine. Yeah. Um, but still, you, I just kind of felt like, well, great, you're going to be in a good position for a year, but then you're behind immediately. And there's not really much you can do about that until you just release new hardware again. And it's like, well, is this going to be this perpetual thing where you're always going to, like, catch up and then within a, you know, a year or two span be behind again? Yeah. Um, kind of a mid-cycle release. Yeah, and, and it's fine for Nintendo first-party stuff. Um, you know, that that's not an issue. But when you're trying to attract, uh, A, third parties, and then B, uh, sort of non-Nintendo fan, you know, consumers and buyers that just seems sort of counterproductive. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of, I think, began to sort of taper my expectations then, but I was uh, still really excited, and I'll, I'll say, I mean, jumping into sort of the reality of what ended up happening, for that first year, I probably did exclusively use my, my Wii U for the most part. Um, it helped that my PS3 broke, naturally. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but even if, if it hadn't broken, I probably still would have only played first-party stuff like The Last of Us uh, on my PS3. and still done the most most of my stuff on the Wii U. And not just gaming stuff. I mean, I loved this past year using the Wii U for Hulu and Netflix and everything like that. Um, Non-gaming things. Yeah, exactly. Like, it did kind of become my, my hub for a, for that whole past year, which is great. That That's kind of what I wanted. Um. But now that's that's quickly fading <laughs> with the yeah. the PS4 here. Um, I guess the uh, one of the big things that's bumming me out, I guess, and I don't want to get too too negative right away, but one of the things a lot of people were predicting right before the Wii U launch was exactly what you were saying. Uh, it's going to be fine for a year. It's going to get most of the important third party stuff, but then it's going to quickly fall off once people start moving towards the now current. Well, no, we use still current generation, but I guess the more powerful of the yeah. current generation. And you're seeing that with Batman Arkham Knight, and even today, Assassin's Creed Unity was officially announced for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Now, there's mm -hmm. a rumor that there is a PS3 360 version, and maybe that'll come to Wii U, but it seems like already you're already seeing it slowly but surely fall. Oh, yeah, Ubisoft is already abandoning the platform. And, and Warner Brothers did a long time ago. Yeah, I would say it seems like that. I mean, going going into it, I think one of my uh, <laughs> my far-fetched hopes was that um, Grand Theft Auto would come out on the Wii U and I could play it there. And then that, that never happened. <laughs> I guess I guess we got Lego City. That was, like, as close as Same we're thing. ever going to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, um... The, Ninten no, you're, the Nintendo you're... version of... Uh... Exactly. <laughs> But um, but no, you're right, and I, I think that's a problem. And I would say within the next year or so, Xbox 360 and PS3 aren't even going to be getting ports like that. Yeah. So the chances that they're going to dedicate time to just bringing it to Wii U, uh, th those chances seem very slim. Um, 
So that's the that's Wii U is the Wii U is going to be coming in an N sixty four, where the only people putting out games for it are Nintendo. And it's going to be a long time between games, like we're seeing right now. I mean, we're not getting yeah. a game until May. Um, Mario Kart. Mario yeah. Kart. And uh, I, Donkey Kong last month. Yeah. And and I really do think that's going to be how the Wii U is, how it's going to be. I will say that my expectations were kind of met initially with that that. That launch in those first yeah. few months. Yeah. I mean, the launch. The launch was great. People. I mean, first, much as the Wii U got, I, I really still think that launch was fantastic. It was probably one games. of the better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was one of the better launches. Um, one of the better launches in like recent memory. I mean, the Xbox One and the PS4. I, I think both just within the last few weeks got their sort of first great games with Titanfall and now uh, Infamous. Um, whereas like Wii U, I think came out kind of swinging. Uh, you know, new Super Mario Brothers U. I, I know that's not necessarily everyone's uh, cup of tea, but even stuff like Zombie U and, and plenty of third-party stuff. Yeah, uh, there was just a variety of things to play, if nothing else. Um, stuff to play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. That that wasn't an issue. Like I was amazed at how much I was using my my Wii U for that probably that first month or two. Um, but then that that quickly tapered off. Yeah. But I will say that just as a first-party machine, I, I've been pretty impressed. Um, 3D World, I think, is fantastic. Um, I know, I think with U2, it's maybe a little divisive. U2 probably aren't as high on it as I am. Well, Zach, you probably haven't even played it yet, have you? What is it? <laughs> Mario 3D World? Oh, no, I... <laughs> I'm going to wait for a price drop that'll never happen. Yeah, no, not on first-party stuff. Um, I mean, I guess technically, if you buy those points cards on sale again ever oh yeah you could yeah, that's you true. could do that and, and buy it digitally that would probably be um, how i do it yeah that'd probably be the only way if you want to get it or buy it used but um i know you don't really do that right not too. so as far as like first party stuff i haven't really been disappointed at 3d world was great i think donkey kong uh donkey kong has been a lot of fun yep. the wind waker re-release kind of surprised me and um just looks fantastic so as like strictly a first party machine even though the releases have been kind of spread out um, I haven't been disappointed on that front, which is great, because I think the Wii was sort of hit or miss with a lot of first-party stuff, especially when they were trying to go, um, I don't really like the term casual, but when they were focused in that direction, when you have things like Wii Music, yeah. um, take, you know, taking up time, I think they've, they've kind of switched their focus, and in and, and doing that have released a lot of great first-party games. Strictly uh, just talking about quantity, I think the Wii U's first year was, as it should be, way better than the 3DS's first year. Just strictly on quantity, because 3DS had Mario Kart, it had uh, Mario 3D Land, and then it had Dogs around launch. But then there wasn't a lot in between. It was pretty much those three games with maybe Steel Diver and Pilot Wings also. And those aren't really anything to write home about, I wouldn't no. say. While it had the Mario U, it had Nintendo Land, which is at least by most accounts a new IP. Mm-hmm. Of some kind. Then there was Wonderful 101. There was Mario 3D World. There, there was a lot of stuff. I think the biggest problem is how safe a lot of these Nintendo games have been playing it. Uh, that, that's probably my biggest disappointment with Wii U. I think strictly based on quantity, the amount of games we got, there is enough there for me to, uh, in an otherwise normal case, feel totally satisfied. But one thing I quickly noticed, especially once we started getting into 2013... And I really liked New Super Mario Bros. U. I had no serious issues with it, even as a derivative game. A lot of the games ended up playing it a little too safe for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario 3D World is 
still, in a lot of ways, kind of just a sequel to 3D Land, even if it's expanded. Uh, then there was a Zelda port. Then there was... Uh, hold on, let me just turn for a second. Star Fox port. Well, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's... Like, most of it's, like, third-party ports like Monster Hunter. And I guess for the Nintendo games we got... We didn't get anything that did what 3D Land did. We didn't get anything that did what the original uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns did. We didn't get anything that did uh, for whatever accounts, like the what Kid Icarus did, what the original new Super Mario Bros. did. Mm-hmm. It was all uh, safe successors to things Nintendo has already done before. And that's, that's probably true. the thing I'm most disappointed in by Wii U. And I think it's going to kind of be that way. The, the the series that I think will kind of bunk that is Zelda. I mean, as much as it, it's, it will be a sequel in a series, I still think that's going to be the big game that uh, kind of finally gets people's attention. But Skyward Sword didn't. Is that because it came out, it was like the last game they released? Everybody had moved on? Yeah, it didn't help, I think, that it was a late Wii game. Um, but it reviewed really well, if you remember correctly. Yeah, it did. Um, it, it might be, uh, I don't know, the Galaxy might beat it out, but it's got to be in the top two there, yeah. or three uh, the, like reviewed games. I, I think, yeah, the issue was just coming out late on the Wii when people had sort of moved on. I mean, I love Skyward Sword, so I think if you get a new Zelda soon, you do some cool stuff with the gamepad, I think that's, and, and just make it look fantastic, uh, I think that's like the first Wii U game that's really going to grab... I'll grab people's attention. I think Mario because Kart. It it, I it think Mario it Kart look. will be. It's it's the same thing as like Alex is saying. It still feels sort of derivative. Yeah, that's I mean, true. No, there's, that's there's, true. There's new stuff in Mario Kart, but you look at it and you go, okay, that's Mario Kart. But like Zelda, while like the core mechanics might remain, I mean, it still feels new for the most part every time. Yeah, that's. Um, so I think that's going to be the one that like really draws people in. And what you're saying, I think, when you say it does something cool with the gamepad, you know, that's something that. Uh, Nintendo has ignored, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. I mean, you know, Wada even admitted at that recent um, shareholders meeting, it's like, well, maybe we should start using this thing. And, <laughs> right. you know, Nintendo's always developed their games and their hardware around a, you know, around the analog stick, around motion control. And, you know, they're not... I don't feel like they're designing anything around that gamepad. Um, you know, like you guys say, Donkey Kong doesn't even... It just blacks out, I know. blacks out. So, <laughs> you know, maybe they'll do something like that. Maybe they'll do something cool with Mario Kart. Maybe they'll do something cool with uh, uh, Zelda. But they have to do something. I mean, they have to, you know, support the core mechanic of the... Right? Right. You would think so. Um, and, I mean, like you said, it sounds like that is going to be um, something like a sort of a refocus for them um, moving forward. I mean, Iwata said as much that finding, like, intuitive uses of the gamepad uh, is one of the most important things for the Wii U at this point, for them to market it. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to see more of that, um, which is good. But at this point, honestly... I think I'm I'm kind of okay with where the Wii U is at. And I know that it that sounds weird because it's it for everyone like, like for kind of bringing in new customers, it's it's probably not in a great position. But as a first party machine, I, I I enjoy it. 
And I think they're going to begin exploring some new kind of interesting avenues. Like, I think if you look at NES Remix, what they're doing with that is really neat. That within, like, six months now, we're going to get these two, like, sort of quirky games that build on, like, built-in nostalgia, nostalgia, uh, but do something kind of fun and interesting. And they, they almost borrow from, like, that mobile kind of cell phone game mentality um, of just being kind of these short, uh, like, which kind of games. Um, and I think that's cool. And, like, uh, Steel Diver, Sub Wars, I think is another example of that. It's a free-to-play game on your 3DS. And it's very good. It's it's way better than the first Steel Diver. And I think if they keep exploring sort of new business models like that, then I think there there could be a lot of uh, exciting things coming to the Wii U. So I am, just on a personal level, and I don't mean this to be an asshole. I don't mean this to be a cynical bastard. I am not happy with where the Wii U is right now. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to shit on it. I'm not going to spend time to do what too many people have already done before. But I think Nintendo's digital situation is incredibly depressing. Uh, just the eShop, and not only the selection, but to see how it stacks up compared to uh, Sony, compared to Steam, compared to even Microsoft by this point. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really disappointed with where that is. I'm disappointed with how derivative a lot of the sequels are. But, and there's a but, there's, there's a lot of hope here. I'm not giving up on the Wii U yet. I'm not saying I'm never going to be okay with it. Because there are things to look forward to. For the first time in a while, I thought about it. Now I'm kind of excited that Smash is coming out. Uh, I'm excited that there's going to be what looks like a proper sequel to Xenoblade. That's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that there's going to be a sequel to Zelda that uh, looks like it's going to shake up the formula in a lot of ways. Like, this guy's talking about multiplayer as a possibility. Yeah. Uh, whatever they do with NFC this year, like they were promising... Like, Miyamoto's new IP, which, uh, I, for the love of God, I hope is going to be a Wii U game. There is <laughs> room for the Wii U to turn it around, if not uh, on a public eye, and I'm not even going to count that out. I think it is possible for it to do some kind of turnaround, because it's still live as of today. There is still a fair possibility that any of the fans who are like me, who are turned off by the Wii U, there's a chance that in 2014, and if not 2014, in 2015, that it's going to become the system that could. I don't think it's there yet, and I think if you ask me to list off all the things that bum me out about the Wii U, I could probably list a dozen. <laughs> but I haven't given up on that, and that is in part with how that is in part because of how much I really like that new Donkey Kong Country game, and how I look at that and say, you know what? Nintendo games still have the ability to make me really happy. Yeah. What about you, Zach? How, what do you think I'm, in the near future? I'm pretty much where you are. Um, I have, you know, I never had high expectations for third parties, like I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I'm happy with the Wii U being more or less my secondary console. But my consoles are my secondary consoles. I play handhelds a lot more uh, yeah. myself now. I just have more time for that and um you know it's it's there when i when there's a good game i'll buy it uh, i'm i'm just not going to worry about it and and i know there will be good games and you know what what more do you need really right i'm just not yep. gonna i'm not gonna freak out that the wii u is not getting you know a bunch of third-party support or anything or 
Right. How do we get third I mean, I, parties I back? Who cares? Just. <laughs> I mean, I understand the situation's a little different for us because we all own different consoles. Yeah, I mean, Zach, yeah. you don't you don't own a PS4 yet, right? Or an Xbox no, no. One. Alex, do you have a PS4? You do. Uh, right? Yeah, I, I own all the Sony shit. But yeah, my ear is going to force my hand one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> but so, of course, we we come from an angle that it's like, well, who cares if third party stuff doesn't come from the Wii U? I can play it, you know, here on console, you know, X or my PC or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand if you if you are a diehard Nintendo fan, which and only buy Nintendo platforms, which which would be very very hard at this point. I, I feel sorry for you. Yeah. Um, I appreciate your your. Uh, loyalty, I guess, but that that's that's brutal at this point. You then I, I can get the shaft. <laughs> I can get that. I can get your frustration there. But uh, I think at this point, most people are, are multi console owners. Because um, it makes so, sense. Yeah. Practical. So no, I don't. I I just don't see it as that much of an issue if every third party game doesn't come to Wii U. I'd hoped it was going to, but I've accepted that's not going to be the case. Um. So, but anyway, it, you out there, write us mail, uh, leave comments below, and let us know what your kind of expectations were for the Wii U and kind of where you're at now. How do, how do you feel about the little uh, black or, I guess, white box, depending what version you bought? Hopefully black. You bought the white God, one. Why would you buy the white one? <laughs> you're doubly in trouble. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to some listener mail, I think. Hey, real quick, I one third-party yeah. game that I'm looking forward to is oh. is on the Wii U is uh, the Odd World remake. Oh yeah, Thirty Bones. Uh, that's a little yeah, that's a little expensive. like a full remake. Like they remade it from the ground up. I'm kind of impressed. If if it justifies the price, you know, all the power to them. Yeah, but that's pretty expensive for a digital only remake. I yeah. I really love that game though. It's so creative. Cool. Classic. Yeah, I agree. Um. So our first email is from Fred Swenson, Swanson, as I first read and got really excited about, but Swenson. He says, I might trim this down a little bit, but he says uh, he loves Xenoblade Chronicles. He didn't know anything about it until hearing us talk it, talk about it on the podcast. Uh, So he got it from Gamefly for a week, uh, paid $80 to buy it after playing it for that week, and um, played the entire thing, I guess, on his Wii U. Um, He's super excited for X, which he should be. Uh, He's hoping it sells better than Xenoblade did. And then his sort of thought or question is, um, porting Xenoblade to the Wii U eShop. Um, so not necessarily doing like an HD remake or anything like that, but just, just putting the actual game on the Wii U eShop for people to uh, download and play um, without having to track down, you know, a super expensive rare copy of the game for $80, if not more. Um, or maybe including doing the same thing, but including it as like a pre-order bonus for X. Mm. Uh, he wonders if that would um, like distract people from playing X. Would they play this game for 100 hours and then not want to buy the sequel? Uh, and then things like that. So I, I think if you he, play this game for 100 hours, you will play the sequel and you will love it. <laughs> right. Um, that's something I, I've kind of, I think I've kind of talked about on here before or even tweeted, but I think that would be great, but I don't think that that's something they're going to do. Be nice. I mean, because that, that would be smart at this point, right? Like, why not have Wii games on the Wii U eShop? I mean, you've got a Wii built into the fucking thing, so uh-huh. why not just throw some games up there? Like, why not have Mario Galaxy right now on the Wii U eShop that you can just download it and play it? You know, boot it in Wii mode and play it. Right. Uh, I don't know. 
it seems like kind of a missed opportunity. But then again, the 3DS doesn't have DS games on its eShop, and DS games are coming to the Wii U eShop. So, so maybe the 3DS is going to get Wii games. <laughs> God. God, how good would that be? <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Um, Getting every other system. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I just, I just don't think it's a possibility, but I think it's a good idea. What, what do you guys think? Uh, it's, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. That's where that act comes from. Yeah. Like, it, it would be great if it happens. The more games, the merrier. I think if they are to put it out, I don't think a Wii Virtual Console is going to happen anytime soon. So it would have to be via the HD uh, re-release route, I think. If they were to do it at all. That's not going to uh, fucking happen. It's and not going to fucking happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. I think what they're going to do is they're going to market it a little to the people who like Xenoblade. And they're going to probably try to cast a wide net if they market it at all. They're going to try to cast a wide net to people who like JRPGs. Yeah. And they're probably going to play down the Xenoblade connection a bit in the hopes of trying to get a wider audience. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, he does mention in his email that he thought maybe this could be like a marketing opportunity. Like this is a way to let people play the first one. Who oh, yeah, there's an opportunity who, who there. missed but... it. But yeah, I don't. I really don't think that's that's gonna happen. When, I, I but, also want to say just quickly. So he, this guy spent eighty dollars on the copy of Xenoblade, which is fine. I think it's personally worth about eighty dollars. I spent I spent close to seventy hours on it. It's a fantastic game. I was gonna say if you're going like dollar to hour ratio, that's you're paying like a, a dollar an hour. Sure. So that's that's pretty good. But uh, I just recommend before you do try to spend these eighty dollar prices. Go to your local GameStop, or I think they even have a site finder online, and see if anything within uh, the 20-mile radius has a copy of Xenoblade. Because one of the ones at a mall, probably 10-15 miles away, has like two or three copies sitting out from that reprint that happened a while ago. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's worth it for $80. I don't think you're getting ripped off or anything, uh, if that's your only option. But give it a shot, because... Maybe you can get it thirty dollars cheaper. Yeah, I, th- I think I actually just recently saw it at a GameStop for sixty dollars, um, which is still a fine price. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, that that it's such a great game, and I wish they would do something like that. Um, but I just do not think it is in the cards. Um, so let's move on to the next email here. This email, let's see, find his where this is a long one. Uh, is from Leo, and he read Neil's article about uh, why you why Wii U needs a Nintendo pennant chase baseball, and it got him thinking about uh, sports games, and he was sort of thinking like, what if uh, companies that make sports games like EA, for example, could make sports games for the Wii U using uh, some of Nintendo's IP, since Nintendo is claiming to want to uh, license out its IP some more. So he mentions like um. Oh gosh, let's see here. He's got a few different different ideas. Uh, Donkey Kong Street Basketball, <laughs> uh, Mario Madden, where it's just Mario characters playing football, different things like that. So to me, it kind of sounds, and he mentions this in here, but it kind of sounds like the Strikers series, yeah. um, but with like with football or basketball or different things like that, uh, and like we yeah, got Mario characters. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys, what do you guys think? Would you play Madden if all the characters 
were replaced with Mario characters. Oh, I want to save all the characters. All the actual athletes were replaced with Mario characters. I want another NBA Street game so fucking bad. Huh. Yeah, like I, I'm just, I'm crying over the fact that that series has not gotten any attention in the last ten years. So if you're gonna put Mario characters on it and then maybe sh- throw in uh, a Larry Bird here and there. <laughs> You know, I might buy two or three copies of that and then buy a second Wii U, just so <laughs> Nintendo knows that at least uh, someone simulating three people bought that game. Yeah. The, you know what? You know, That would be great. What if Nintendo went to third parties like EA, uh, brought EA Big back from the grave, <laughs> and then just, you know, courted them into making really great sports games with Nintendo characters, or even just exclusive sport games for the character for the platform. I think that would be amazing. I think maybe Nintendo would have to suck up a little pride to do that. And I think maybe it would have to it maybe it would take them to places that I don't think they've comfortably went in a very long time. But if it happens, that would make me really happy. Yeah, I mean I think like the common the common belief whether it's it's true or not is that the only things that sell on Nintendo hardware, especially the con- the home consoles, is uh, are are games with Nintendo characters in them. So if you can go to EA and say, "Here, take Mario and make a football game," that seems like a good way to kind of bridge between the two. Um, so yeah, no, I would I would totally be into this. <laughs> I mean, I love the Strikers game, and I don't I I don't even like soccer. So I and I don't like football or basketball necessarily, but I would probably play Mario football and basketball games. Um, I think it would be a real slam dunk if I do say so myself. Um, Zach, what do you think? Uh, I not not gonna happen. <laughs> you won't even entertain the thought. Huh? I would play. Yeah, I would not play a football game with Mario characters. Football game those hard to play. Um. Uh, you know, but I can see it being great. Yeah. Did you guys, did either of you play, um, the three-on-three basketball game on DS? I played, like, no. a, uh, I, I played a version of that at one point in time, got a few minutes in, uh, stopped. I really like that game, actually. And I think, like, if that that's kind of the idea here, uh, is to make kind of a a fairly traditional uh, sort of sports game, but just infuse it with like tons of Mario charm, and then also unlockable Final Fantasy characters, which was awesome too. So I don't know. I think it could work. Huh? Yeah, why Will not? it happen? Uh, I don't know. Probably not again. <laughs> but I, I would be really into it. <laughs> it would get me to play football and basketball games. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, our third question here is from, uh, Adman, who writes in a lot of listener mail for us. Um, I'll read the whole thing, uh, see if you guys follow, follow it. I, I feel like I got a little lost on this one, but we'll see if we can make sense of it. Uh, he says, I would love to see Street Pass for the Wii U. Bear with me a moment. It gets a little complicated, but ends up being very simple for the user. The 3DS can exchange Street Pass data for 12 titles at once. Why not make one of those slots a Wii U? The user's 3DS would sync with the Wii U while at home, carrying only enough data to exchange what equates to a friend code. Let's call them street pass codes. The 3DS street passes uh, other units as usual, but brings home street pass codes to transfer over to the Wii U. Wii U then connects to the internet and downloads data from the user's uh, the 3DS street pass. 
Uh, this way, owners of both the Wii U and 3DS can exchange data files larger than the normal 3DS games can without taking up too much room on the 3DS Street Pass list. What do you guys think? Is that a thing? Could that work? I don't see why it couldn't. So basically he's saying like you would basically just download a data file saying what right. the other person has to give you, and then your Wii U would actually just download that data from the internet rather than having to like transfer it over from a 3DS, all the data. So it wouldn't take up that much room on the 3DS. Right. Although it sounds a bit like near. Uh, yeah, it kind of uh, does. Vita. Although if it was just a small file, I mean, if, if I'm mean, street pass data is not big, it's like got a new challenger and dead or alive. You could, yeah. you could probably without too much effort, you know, toss a, a street pass kind of file onto the 3DS and then transfer it over to your view. I'm I'm actually right. surprised there's not more connectivity between the two. Yeah, no kidding. Like reading this, I, I kind of got to thinking about that. Like, why can't you even use the Wii U as sort of a hub to collect street passes on your 3DS? Yeah. I, mean, I know it wouldn't work the same as like Nintendo Zone, where you know people are are walking past like a McDonald's and then you walk past the same McDonald's or something. But I mean, why can't your Wii U every day just like randomly give you like five street passes? Yeah. Why can't uh, it from be a hub? Have... Yeah, exactly. As in just a really weird missed opportunity, especially here in the States where street passing is just not as easy to, as it is in somewhere like Japan, um, which is maybe exactly why they haven't considered it, because they don't need it in Japan. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I think one thing I'm wondering is, I think street pass works, and it works especially for the 3DS, because it was so new, it was so different in a lot of ways, and it, like, well, like I just said, it did something a lot of places have not done before. Do you think some of that magic or some of that potential would be lost on Wii U as just like another Me Too sort of feature? Like, like would it have that much of an impact? Do you think because it's uh, it's covering ground that both uh, eighth gen handhelds have already copied or not copied but have already covered? No, it's mm. it's a Nintendo thing. I think that's yeah, the important I think, part. I think I'd still be into it. Like, it, I, it's a cool social like sort of meta game on the 3DS. And if I could do all my street passing in my 3DS and then come home to my Wii U and be like, oh, look, this guy also had, like, data for Wii U. And here he is now on, like, my, on my Wii U and I could see him in, in the War War Plaza there running around. Uh, that would be kind of cool. I, I think I'd be into that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you you know? know what? I would try it at least. Or like, see... it'd be cool to, like, to pass someone and then come home and then go, oh, wow, this guy had ghost data for Mario Kart 8. Like, let yeah. me see what he had. Like, that would be kind of cool. It would. Yeah. I, I think... I think if Nintendo Nintendo does it right, uh, maybe they <laughs> oh. could pull it off and have some kind of success. Like they they need to pull their Nintendo magic in a way that they cover ground the 3DS has not done already for it to be really cool. I don't think it would be so cool if they just took Street Pass and just applied it to a Wii U setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe that's just me. Maybe there are a lot of people who like the more Street Pass, the better. Hey, hey, Alex. Yeah, I don't know. Alex. Yeah. Your Nintendo does comment remind me of a joke that only some of our listeners will get, but uh, Scott, you might get it too by now, but maybe not. You want me to tell you about Reggie Ledoux? How about our Reggie Ledon't? <laughs> Friend Marcus. And, what, is, this, is this another walk? Is this another? Wait, what, what a what mid is this a reference season to? True Detective yeah. reference. Oh, okay. No, I need to watch True Detective. <laughs> tell me more about Carcosa, asshole. <laughs> That is a fantastic show, by the way. Oh, Anyone yeah. with HBO, HBO Go, or alternative methods should watch that show <laughs> as soon as possible. 
Uh, no, I need to download that, all of it. I haven't done that because I'm terrible. I think the uh, DVD comes out in May. Does it? Yeah, May or June. So you you don't I'm, have long I'm, to wait. Yeah. Although well, although I, you I, people in the lower 48 don't have uh, rental places anymore, do you? Uh, there's a few. Okay, see, Blockbuster <laughs> survives in Alaska. Are you serious? There's mm-hmm. actually one still standing. Oh, there's there's like two in Fairbanks. There's like two or three in Anchorage. It's it's like owned by a separate company here. That's insane. It's I really they were weird. all gone. Oh, they're gone That's everywhere else. There's like it's like Alaska and parts of Texas. It's in that weird post Circuit City, Circuit City territory <laughs> when it was owned by Tiger Direct for a couple months. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. You need to like take pictures of your living, surviving Best Buy or um blockbusters, I mean. Maybe I will. And that's... uh like write a story about that. That's something I'd expect <laughs> to find like on a front page somewhere on some website. You're like, you thought they were gone, but they still live. Here to find out where. Blockbuster's still holding on in Alaska. That's crazy. Do they even have their like home delivery service like they tried to ape from Netflix? No, that's not here. Um, as far as I know, <laughs> literally going. So, do you actually go there and rent things? Uh, when they're not at Redbox or anything, yeah. Is it crazy expensive? I just always remember Blockbuster being like stupid expensive. New release is like five bucks, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But it works. But in like, Alaska, huh? you guys, you guys are just made of money up there. But like older movies, like once a movie gets past a few months old, it's like a buck fifty. Yeah. So you know, you just wait a little while or get it on Redbox. Yeah, you guys well, have Redbox exactly. up there? Oh, we have tons of fuck. Fuck, I love What's the point? <laughs> What's the What's point? What's the point of Blockbuster, then? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. I have no idea. Well, because Redbox doesn't... They probably doesn't... have Redboxes in front of your Blockbuster. But Redbox only has, like, recent <laughs> shit, right? So if you want to watch, well, right. like, it Rory the, and Michelle's High School Reunion, you got to go to Blockbuster. VHS of Shrek 2. Dude, there are more DVDs at our Blockbuster than there are at our Best Buy anymore. That's crazy. You were blowing my mind right now. Um, but no, we I still have video stores in, in my town, just okay, not good. like big chain video stores, just local awesome. owned still. I'm glad those are still around. Those are probably better. Oh, yeah. Usually, yeah. Cheaper and, and sometimes a better kind of wider selection, um, especially like weird indie stuff. But, oh, that is crazy. I don't know how we got to that. True Detective, I guess, is how we got to yep. that. I don't. I don't know how we got to True Detective. To be honest with you, we always get to True Detective. <laughs> it's because time is a flat circle, Alex. Always come back you know, around. I wonder, Zach. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it. Um, kind of read our mail and done everything else. Uh, if you'd like to send us, <laughs> that's all I got for you. Sorry. <laughs> I guess we can keep talking about Blockbuster. Um, if you'd like to send us a mail, you can do that to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Uh, we love listener mail, so please keep sending it. And again, uh, let us know what you think about the state of the Wii U, kind of your expectations, and how it's met those expectations, or more than likely has not met those expectations. Uh, and would you like Street Pass for your Wii U? I think I'm into it. Yeah. The, now, the more we talked about it, the more I'm like, yeah, give me that. Why not? Give me that. So, uh, Alex and Zach, thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. I had Always. fun. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and uh, I, we will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
back to Connectivity. Uh, I am Scott Thompson. I am with Alex Kalafi. Hey there. Zach Miller. Get that number one spot. <laughs> and we are back again, and we are going to be talking about games we've been playing. Uh, we ran a little short on content this week with our listener mail segment and thought, well, hey, let's just talk about video games we're playing. That I think that's kind of an okay topic on a video game podcast, right? I don't know if we've ever so. done that before. <laughs> yeah, it's a little <laughs> revolutionary. It's something we're trying out here. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Anyway. Take that, RFN. <laughs> let's go ahead and get the ball rolling with a Mr. Zach Miller. Oh, because you've piqued my interest by the little Piqued your interest in playing us. a six-year-old game, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, March Madness is going on, the NWR March Madness. Resident Evil 4 lost to, I don't even know what, I think it was Xenoblade. Through you guys. Um, <laughs> and so I, I thought, you know what, I remember Resident Evil 4 being pretty awesome. I haven't played it in years and years. wonder how good it was on the Wii U. Because I've been thinking for a long time about getting it the HD version on PS3. Mm-hmm. Uh but I can't see myself going back to stick controls yeah. for aiming. So <clears throat> put the disc in my Wii, booted it up. No save file. Uh I've beat that game multiple times on the same save file. I have all the bonus weapons, beat Ada's missions. I was not thinking what is going on? Oh yeah, this is my new Wii that didn't get bored. <laughs> so I had to start over, which I was okay with because it's, in a way, a better game when you don't have the best weapons in the you know game. <laughs> All um, right. So I played for probably two hours last night. I got to, uh, I, I don't even know. You know, it's it's in the <laughs> village somewhere. Um, yeah. And it's really good. It it looks fine. I guess uh, it's got that fuzzy around the edges look that most Wii games do. Um, yeah, and if I remember, it just kind of looks very brown. Like kind of, yeah, kind of foggy in a way. Yeah. yeah, foggy and everything's either brown or gray or, yeah, you know, um, that, I'd forgotten how brown and gray it was. Sometimes it's hard to tell where you can and can't go because it's so brown and gray. Mm-hmm. Um, but the gameplay is fine. It, you know, the pointer shooting is like perfect that game oh, it's so good yeah so good and uh you know gotta love the gun salesman what you buying <laughs> um he opens his overcoat yep um uh yeah it's just really fun and like there was something i always discover something new whenever i play that game and last night it was there's an area in the village where it's like kind of an outdoor area and there's a lot of bridges between buildings and if you shoot a dude in the knee when he's crossing the bridge, he will fall off the bridge. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is, is he gone forever then? He's gone forever. If you uh, huh? you won't get treasure from him, but yeah. he's you don't have to deal with him either. Or um, waste ammo trying to kill him. Yeah, yeah or waste ammo. So uh, it's still a really fun game. I will probably beat it because I have to now. I have to get <laughs> I have to get my save file back. Um, you know, I had the freaking. I got typewriter and that zappy zappy beam gun and uh mm-hmm. and whatever you get for completing Ada's missions. Ada's missions suck by the way. Yeah. Uh, I remember I didn't I didn't mess around with too much of those. Yeah, you get you get stuff for doing that. That's the only reason I did it. But uh yeah, it's it's still a fun game and like it's so campy and stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd forgotten just how 
friggin' campy the script is. Um, Isn't it amazing, though, going back... Well, did you play Resident Evil 6 at all? Uh, I played the first maybe 45 minutes of it before I thought, <laughs> yeah. what is this game? Yep, same here. That's about as much as I played, and then I said, no, thank you. Um, it's just amazing how well that game holds up. Yeah, uh, compared to that's like, true. Uh, f- you know, five is okay. Five's not bad. I like five but, a lot. Five yeah, with I, another I, I like, person is great. Yeah, that's true. But six is just garbage. Um, and four, I think, is still better than five. Oh yeah. Um, it's just amazing that, that game like revolutionized third person shooters. Oh yeah, it did. Um, there wouldn't which be is Gears of War without it. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. And I know it was eventually ported to everything, but it's just pretty amazing to think that that all came from a GameCube exclusive. Yeah. Um. And it you was know, the it was the only Resident Evil game where I've really gotten sunk into mercenaries. Like oh I yeah, got, I got deep into mercenaries. Well, it's like the only Resident Evil game where combat was fun. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, why would you want to do that in other Resident Evil games? Like, shooting, I think, was the worst part in any of the classic Resident Evil games. Oh yeah. Uh, but Resident Evil Four completely fixed that. I mean, it's just it's such a fun game. Oh yeah, it's uh it's really fun, and I even I even uh, I'm happy to say after years and years of not playing it. I killed the chainsaw guy in the first village area uh, without getting chopped dying, up. Without getting chopped up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get you get like a special gem from that. I remember. Ah, uh, you just get ten thousand dollars. Yeah, that's really what it equates to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember that game. Uh, I played it a bunch of times, like so many other Nintendo fans did back in the day, and so many fans of video games in general. And I kind of always left it in the past because I've always been a little scared of how that game would age with uh, controller controls because I'm not going to go back and uh, hook up a Wii version. Not, well, controller not because controls, I'm... yeah, I imagine it's garbage. I mean, I played it on GameCube, of course, and I got, you know, all the stuff, and I was I was good at it. Uh, but once I played the Wii version, it was like night and day. Yeah, like, I can't go back. I, I totally believe you, but like, there's that other part of me that just one of these days, next time it's on sale for five bucks on PSN, right? Just see if I can relive the De- uh, Del Lago boss fight. That I'll first probably Dr. too. Yeah, Salvador encounter that uh the El Gigante fight, which holy shit, that is still one of the craziest boss oh, yeah. fights ever. Like that first one. Did you rescue the fox or wolf uh, or whatever. I yeah. always do. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah. You gotta. <laughs> you gotta. Um. <laughs> Yeah, if imagine if that PSN version had included move support. Oh, that would I'd be, be there. The I'd version. buy a move for that game. Yeah, no joke. I would too. Actually, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Like but... I know there's, I know they came out with Resident Evil Five Gold, which has move support. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and I would have bought that. But the real crime is your save file doesn't transfer. Mm. So all the progress I made in Resident Evil Five would go out the window. So that's why. I yeah. Do. I just bought all the DLC piecemeal like a sucker. <laughs> a big dumb idiot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's exciting. That's cool. Yeah, I hope you. I hope you finish it. It's such a good game. Yeah, it's really fun. I know. I I beat it on the GameCube, and then I, I beat it on the Wii when it came out on the Wii. I haven't played it um, since probably the year you know within a year that it came out on Wii. But I still own it, so maybe someday I'll play it on Wii U. I'm really looking forward to that Krauser knife fight. Because when I first played that <laughs> back on the GameCube, that was so intense, um, <laughs> and it's probably aged poorly because you know, it's, that's, you it's know, so context how, dependent. For how great Resident Evil Four is, we do also have to sort of blame it for, uh, yeah, those uh, quick, quick time, time. cutscenes. Yeah. 
that was one of the games to revolutionize it. I'm not going to say it's the first, but there's always one that came before it. Uh, that one really like at put the it time, front and that center, was part, That was part of the crazy, cool Resident Evil 4 personality. Like, oh, oh yeah. shit, it's like you're playing a cutscene. Yeah, well, exactly. exactly, I love that, right? It's like it's like you can never rest. Even during cutscenes, you have to be ready, because at any moment you have to press a button or you just get like instantly killed. I loved that. Yeah. And now having done it in like a million action games, I'm just like, no more ever, please. <laughs> It is the Wii version does make it a little easier because like two thirds of the times just shake the remote a lot, yeah, and then uh, sometimes press A and B, but that's like it, right? So that helps. It does. Um, I'll go next. Hey, Alex, we'll close. We'll close with you. So I will go next. I, if you follow me on Twitter, you will know this. Have been playing a shit ton of Diablo three lately. Yes, you have a ton. Like, for, like, a, a week straight every night, I was staying up way later than I should have, making people I know stay up way later than they should uh, to play Diablo 3. I've been playing a lot with our friend Travis. Hey. Travis. And uh, another great man by the name of Ryan, um, who's a fan of the podcast. Hey, I'll bet, dude. I'll, I'll bet Diablo 3, and this is for you, Travis, is better than The Last of It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... And then other people as well. We played with um, Steven, who's, what, Sarek, right, on Twitter? I think so. Now, Eric? Scott, one of the things I don't right. understand about Diablo 3, I've, yeah. seen it, I've seen it played, is it, it, it seems to occupy, just from watching it, watching my brother play it, it seems to occupy this bizarre middle ground between, like, World of Warcraft and Diablo 2. Like, it's a little bit of both. Um... Like you have all these people in your party running around from, and you're all online, but then it's also yeah. kind of the hacky slashy of Diablo Two. Well, you can't have more than four people playing at once. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's not on the level. It's not. It's not at all an MMO. I mean, you can't. You can't have more than four people in a party at once. So at the World of Warcraft thing, not not so much. It, it still just really feels like a. a just a great refinement of Diablo 2. Okay. And just the hack and slash kind of genre in general. But the um the patch specifically what it does is well first of all they've gotten rid of the auction house both that uses in-game currency and real money. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a real thing for like a year is that they they had this idea that you could get great loot in the game and they just put it on the auction house and sell for real money and get money and get paid and do stuff like that. But the problem was they kind of built into the game that you were going to have to use the auction house, and yeah. you don't—you didn't have to use real money. You could just use, um, you know, in-game gold. But it really stunted progress when you got to the harder difficulties because you just weren't finding the gear you needed in-game. The the prices on the auction house were just crazy inflated. Oh yeah, and it just wasn't fun. Like because how it was structured before is you played through a normal, and then God, I even I forget the difficulty levels. Like, Hell, Inferno, I don't know. But eventually, once you beat it twice and got to sort of the third difficulty level, it got really, really hard, and you had to have perfect gear and be specced in, in a certain way. And if you weren't, you just weren't going to progress. Oh. And so that was a big problem, and people complained. And so finally they said, okay, screw it. We're going to basically, like, redesign the loot system, uh, get rid of the auction houses, and just make this game more fun. And that's what they've done. Uh, I think they call it the loot 2.0 system. So you don't find as much loot, but when you do find uh, loot, it's typically geared towards your character, whatever class you're playing, and is usually as good as, if or if not better, than what you currently have. So oh, cool. you always feel like you're making progress. 
a little bit like awesome. that's a little bit like Dragon's Crown, believe it or not. Oh really? Yeah. Um you you only pick up loot that's for the most part, you only pick up loot that uh is geared towards your class. Um, yeah. whether or not there are other people in your party. Yeah, and that's what this feels like. Now, occasionally you'll find stuff for other classes still, and then you can sell it or you can break it down right. uh, into like ingredients to use to craft your own items, uh, like at the blacksmith. But for the most part, you, you're finding stuff that is geared towards your character, which is uh, fantastic. So, yeah, it's just been a, a much more fun game. So I, I And right now they're doing a, well, by the time you hear this, no, I guess this will be three or four days left. They're doing a 50% experience bonus until the expansion comes out on Tuesday. Hmm. So, yeah, you're getting, like, 1.5 times the experience, and that is awesome. So I started a wizard, like, probably two weeks ago, and in that time have gone from, like, level 1 to level 53. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the, the cap is 60, so my goal is to try to get to level 60 before the expansion comes out on Tuesday, which then raises the cap to 70 and has a whole new act to the game and a new character class and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, yeah, if you've played Diablo 3 and kind of fell out of love with it like I did uh, because of the loot system and the auction house and everything like that, definitely go back to it. It's it's fantastic. It's fun. You're always finding better gear. And um, yeah, do that. And you should add me on uh, Battle.net and we'll play together probably. So, How many yeah. hours do you do? I guess in total, but specifically uh, during this new burst of 53 levels for you. Oh, God. Well, it's not as long as you would think because of the experience bonus, but sure. I was st- literally for a week straight, I was staying up playing every night. So I have probably in the past week and a half or so played at least, got at least 20 hours, if not oh, like I, closer to 30. I could probably, if I check my character, I could probably find out the exact number, but it's got to be right around there. So. Terrifying. Yeah, it's been so fun. Well, in the world of Diablo 3, there are people who will hit that. And probably have hit that this week within one twenty-four hour time span. Oh, oh yeah, sure. for sure. Nerds. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm super excited for the expansion, and I'm only going to be playing more once that comes out next week. So, again, if you play Diablo three, uh, the best way is just to get a hold of me on Twitter. If you don't have Twitter, just start an account just to talk to me. I don't care. Uh, but I'm okay. So on Twitter, and we'll arrange playing games because that's all I want to do forever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alright, Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been playing? Alright, so I have been playing Dark Souls 2. I've been playing it on behalf of Review for uh, another site I write for, zonosgaming.com, Z-O-K-N-O-W-S-Gaming.com. That's where I do a lot of my multi-platform reviews. And this is my first time into the Dark Souls series. I did play Demon Souls once for... Probably about an hour, uh, one night, when I noticed it was in my collection of free PlayStation Plus games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started it. Uh, it seemed like a really dense, complicated game. It seemed kind of rough, and not rough in a bad way, just as in rough, like, this is clearly the first entry in a new IP. Yeah. Uh, and I sort of gave up a couple hours in, and I was a little uh, anxious about getting into this game once I saw it came up for review like i sent out a request i didn't know what i'd get back uh but once i was finally committed to it and once i knew i would play it i dug straight in i guess to explain it is a third person action rpg Uh, i would say it's not open world like skyrim but it's uh it's an rpg where you're killing monsters and exploring the rpg landscape in the same way you would an Elder Scrolls game. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Even though that it, it's a little more linear, it's more like branching paths uh, going forward instead of one huge landscape. There are tons of things you got to watch out for. Like, if you're a knight, you got to have a sword and shield, and you got to know when to block, when to parry, when to swipe at enemies, when to hit bosses, uh, what type of weapons you should be crafting, what dexterity does. It's one of those, like, you you have to know what to do. You have to know how the systems work. You have to know how to level up the systems. It's a very complex RPG. And I I guess this might scare some people off, considering it is, uh, it's known for being the hard game. Like, yeah. This is, this is the poster child of modern, classic, hard video games. <laughs> and I, and, like, it is true. I think it's hard, and it's hardcore. In the same way Monster Hunter is. I have you do you have any experience with Monster Hunter? Not much. I played the demo of the the Wii U one. Okay. So the way Monster Hunter works is it's a lot of crafting. It's a lot of tough systems. But the reward comes from working hard, from grinding the right way, from learning the system slowly as you play more and commit time to it. And uh fighting these extremely difficult bosses who are a completely arduous task to overcome. But once you overcome them, you just feel so good and you just want to charge on to the next one. It's it's not a game of difficulty, even though Monster Hunter and Dark Souls are both very difficult. It's more a game of patience. You have to be patient to know how to grind. You have to be patient and you have to be willing to learn the systems. Because it's not the type of game where you screw up one little thing. You just need to start a new game over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's an action RPG that's tough. You'll die pretty quickly. <laughs> but if you grind, if you keep at it, if you, uh, and, and if you, and feel free to use, uh, FAQs because a lot of people are learning this at the same time you do. And, like, go on GameFAQs, use the search engine bar, look up, uh, what does it mean to stunlock someone? And, like, p- there are people who are like, okay, man, here's what you gotta do, here's how it works. The game isn't that terribly complicated if you play it little by little, day by day. And I'm ten hours in, I've been through a few areas... And I finally took down that first boss. And this game really frustrated me a lot because, <laughs> oh, like when, like the first time I was playing a boss, I would hit him uh, and he would kill me. I would level up 20 more times, which and the leveling's very fast, so it's not like 20 more hours. And I would try fighting him again, and I didn't get it. Uh, one thing I really like about Dark Souls is that even though it's an RPG and you really shouldn't be underleveled, it's an RPG that actually takes skill. It's not like what I imagined Bravely Default to be. Where if you level up enough, you can just basically strong arm the game and uh, finish it mm. uh, fairly easily, and then that's the case, right? It's one of wow. those kinds of JRPGs. I where... mean, the the, the combat the combat system's unique enough that I don't know that you could just do that. But yeah, it, it's traditional enough that typically levels are equate to success. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's it's but with Dark Souls, when you're fighting an enemy, when you're fighting these uh these huge beasts, you got to learn how to dodge you got to learn how to use the shield at the right time you got to learn how to use patterns you got to learn how to use combat and once i did finally take out the boss after enough tries and after enough uh searching on game facts and after enough patience i felt so good that i just i want to move on and i and i really just stopped after uh i beat that boss and i haven't been there a couple days because i've had been just getting over a cold mm-hmm. but uh i'm excited to go back i like this is one of those games that's like how uh how people think uh, Link to the Past or Super Metroid or those games that need to be on your bucket list before you die. I've always wanted to beat one of these games. Like, I, I've always wanted to play through one of these games to their completion. 
Yeah. Not just so I could do it, but just so but just so I can like I can get a taste of what it's like to have that much patience towards a video game. <laughs> right. And to really to dedicate put that yourself. much into it. And, well you and beat I, Xenoblade Chronicles. I feel like that's one of those games. Xenoblade's like that. I think Xenoblade's a little bit easier. And then that's not to say it's an easy game. Xenoblade Chronicles is very difficult in a lot of places, and I barely beat the game. <laughs> like like it, I I don't know if you were like this, but I felt like I beat it by like a hair. That final boss is very hard. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm really happy with the game so far, and like yeah, it takes patience, it takes time. But if you want an action RPG and if you're willing to take the plunge, and if you give it the time, if you give it the dedication, I think you'll come out the other end very happy. And it's not on Wii U, it's not on uh, any Nintendo platforms, it's on Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 only right now, and then PC either this week or next week, or yeah. somewhere in that time frame. But I think it's a great game. If you want something hard, if you want something that a lot of people would describe as hardcore, even though some people might describe it as baby's first hardcore game because that's how the internet is. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, people are like, I feel yeah. like are really down on this one specifically because it, it's, what, supposedly easier than the other two? Um, I believe it. I think there are some things that I hear are not in the other two games that make it easier. Like, there are checkpoints. There are these bonfires you can find. Yeah. That uh, even though you still... So, the currency is souls. You kill enemies, you get souls. And if you die, you drop all your souls. And so basically, you've got to make sure to spend them at the right time. But if you die, you can pick them up where you left them, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you die before you pick them up, you just lose all those souls forever. So there are times mm. when you will lose a huge amount of currency uh, just because you got killed twice uh, for a couple of stupid mistakes. In that sense, it's still a very tough game, but... There are checkpoints, these bonfires everywhere, and that makes it easy. And there is fast traveling in this game, which I don't know if it's in the other games, but it sounds like it might not be, or at least not as much. And uh, this game goes out of its way to explain something's better. Like, uh, like there's one part in the game where I'm learning how to level up for the first time, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things. There's like magic defense. There's thunder defense. There's dexterity. And dexterity is the go-to confusing. RPG stat. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how I've always felt about it, at least. And, like, you could press select on uh, DualShock 3, and it'll explain, at least in some detail, what all of these do. Oh, okay. Um, and another thing that makes it a little easier is this was in the other two games, but because it's this crazy online mode where uh, players can invade your game, and you can invade their game, and players can help you. I've heard that. Or you can, like, kill other players, can't you? You can. Uh, and... <laughs> But it's this like it's this crazy like constant online mode. I don't know if it's actually constant. You have to be connected. Uh, I haven't seen that yet. But there's this other thing where on the ground players will leave messages. So like let's say there's a well in the uh, in Majula, the main town square, and it says hit this rock at the well for something good to happen. Oh, yeah. And I swing my sword at it, <laughs> and the rock falls in the well, and this uh this little piece of a flask comes up that I can use. To uh, get a permanent health regeneration item. So, and there's a lot of things like jump here to get an item. Like the the game designers from software did a very good job of making stuff hidden and out of the way, and like really tough to get to. But they balance it out by let's say you hear there's a weapon in this area, the players will leave messages giving you good hints at where to find these. So it, it feels like you're playing the game and you're like 
you're using this weird strategy game that's written by other players playing the game at the same time as you. And that's such like a, a cool mechanic. It almost reminds me of like an in-game, uh, entirely in-game version of uh, like Miiverse on Wii U. Sure. Uh, I, in a way. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that that's that's true. How it's uh, how the Miiverse is basically on the ground now. Yeah, right. Like like Miiverse, you have to go to that screen, but then you see screenshots of people, like people leaving messages or like asking questions on how to do something. Whereas Dark Souls uh, has, I think from the start, I think even Demon Souls did it with uh, just like incorporate it in game. Yep. And have this kind of cool. Now, can you grief that way? Like, have you ever come across like where someone's like jump here and then you jump there and then you're just like cut in half? Well. I think so. I think there are messages where people are like, jump here for a hidden path, and it's clearly off the side of a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know that because I have jumped that way before, and I have seen it myself. But there are other times when I think they're griefing, like, jump over here, and mm -hmm. it looks like some Super Mario 64, like, texture shit, where, like, it wants you to go inside the wall and come out on top of the castle. Yeah. But actually, if you jump... And if you actually follow their advice, you'll end up on this tiny part of a cliff that will lead to this crazy cool weapon. Hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's give and take. Most of the players are like Monster Hunter fans, where they're very welcoming to new players. Uh, like, they're very eager to help. And That's I think cool. that keeps a lot of the griefing from happening. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I think it's kind of fun, too, how people fuck with other players. Sure, yeah, it, it kind of it keeps you on your toes. I like that aspect of it. I, I don't have a PS2 anymore. I'm kind of bummed there's no PS4 version, but might think about picking this up on PC. Same as you, I haven't really played one. I had um a, car, a copy of Dark Souls and played through like the first kind of like tutorial dungeon, mm -hmm. and then my PS3 broke, oh. uh, which has been a recurring theme this podcast. So I was just like, well, I guess I'm done with that. And, you know, it's been on sale on Steam a few times, and I've kind of flirted, flirted with the idea of picking it up, but... I think this one. I, I think I'm think I'm gonna do it. So you got a proper PC? Like you think you could probably run this? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. No, I, I take uh, care of my, I take care of my baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's very good because one thing I will say is that like the Dark Souls two, you might think it follows the story up directly on the original Dark Souls. Don't worry about the plot. It doesn't really follow the plot of Dark Souls that closely. Like the lore, it's obviously all connected, and this probably follows it in some limited fashion. Like, a Zelda game follows another Zelda game. Yeah. But don't worry about it. This is the most accessible. And in fact, you know how a lot of people say you gotta play a series in its chronological order, the way mm -hmm. it was released, the way the developers intended it? I think this series, just from my limited ten hours of this and one hour of Dark Souls, I have Demon Souls, excuse me, I think it might be best if you play Deep Dark Souls 2, the easiest, the most accessible version first, which is still a very tough game, and I think... It's probably still a legitimate Souls game by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. And then go back when it's slightly less accessible, slightly harder. And then I imagine Demon Souls is probably by far the hardest game. Uh, especially through the fact of its early design. And uh, the fact that there were there were less ways to uh, make it accessible. Because yeah. there wasn't an audience to respond to. Right. No, I imagine, I imagine that's the case. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, I think I will do that. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, well, that will do it for a surprise what we've been playing segment. Um, if you've been playing any of these games, let us know what you think about them as well. And, again, if you are seriously interested in playing Diablo, I am not joking when I say get a hold of me. I love to play. Um, and that will do it. So, uh, Zach already secretly took off. Alex, thanks for being here. Uh, no problem. And 28 minutes. There you go. We did it. We did <laughs> it, you guys. And I uh, will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget you can send your listener mail questions to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com, and please, please, please check out fundanything.com slash patenttroll to learn how you can help the podcasting industry defend itself against vile patent trolls. Thanks. <laughs>